if there is a pattern in your life, if the same thing keeps happening, the only constant variable is you. Mm -hmm. So taking that self-responsibility, which sometimes is hard to do, like, what am I doing? How am I showing up to cause this? It's not all men in LA are da, 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 da. It's what are you doing to choose them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or attract them. It's you. And that this is not to beat yourself up. This is just acknowledging like, okay. And then with the self-awareness, one must develop self-love as well. Because some people can start beating themselves up over like, oh, I'm so stupid. I messed mm-hmm. that up. I scared that guy away. But just go into it with curiosity. Like, what? Like, what did I learn here? Like, oh, okay. Next time I can do da-da-da-da-da. And mm-hmm. learning to be gentle with yourself. A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. If you are new to the show, welcome. I hope you love it. I hope you come back. I hope you leave encouraged and inspired. Today's episode is going to be so amazing. It's one of those episodes where I wish that when I was single that I had it to listen to. It's that good. So we have my friend Christine Chang on the show. She is a best-selling relationship author and speaker based in Los Angeles. She helps high-performing women create ideal relationships by teaching self-awareness, boundaries, accountability, and communication skills. Her book, Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, has helped thousands of professional women all over the world create the relationship of their dreams. I love this so much because Christine and I actually met through the wedding photography world years ago, and we had just stayed in touch via social media. And when I saw that she wrote a book and launched a podcast, it's called Show Up with Christine Chang. I was just, number one, just like so happy and so proud, but also just like so crazy that, you know, we started as friends in the photography world and now we're both very passionate about helping women succeed and have healthy relationships. And so I love that this part of our life kind of brought us back together. And so I'm so excited to have her on the show. And I don't know when her episode is coming out with me, but I also was a guest on her podcast. And so I will share that as well whenever that comes out. But let's welcome Christine to the show. You guys do not want to miss this. If you are single, do not exit out. Keep listening. If you have a past heartbreak that has taken a toll on your confidence and self-worth, keep listening. And if you feel like your relationships never work out, keep listening. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. 
Hi. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. I am so honored to have you. And for those listening, Christine and I are double dipping today. I was just on her podcast. And I don't know the timing, if that will be out by the time this comes out. But if it is, I will link it for you guys to listen. But just so honored to have you here today. Christine, like I said in the intro, she is an author. Her book, Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, is out now. And I haven't had time to read the whole thing from the time that I bought it to the time that we, you know, scheduled this podcast. But what I have read is just so encouraging and so inspiring. And I'm so thrilled to dive in. We will start with the burning question that I ask every guest. But what is the dream that you have right now? I want my own TV show. Ooh. Yeah. I would like to put out content that is valuable. Mm -hmm. Something like, you know, like Queer Eye, you know, like thoughtful and that just really has a a positive impact. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of just entertaining things, mindless things, Mm -hmm. trashy things. Yes, all the above. But I feel like (laughs) things can also be entertaining, but also have a positive impact. And when it comes to personal relationships, a lot of times we see the romance part, Mm -hmm. but not the like the how to's like, how do I actually create great moments and acknowledging that there are bad moments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, what do we do about that? A lot of people don't have those tools, Mm -hmm. unless you're really lucky that your parents modeled them for you, which, which is rare, very rare, yes. I think. Um, <laughs> so I, I would like to do my own TV show. Yes, I love that. And I feel like there's so many TV shows like The Bachelor that kind of like create this unhealthy, unrealistic, like, of course, they're going on these extravagant dates. It's all paid for by a TV show or one guy is dating 25 women. Like there's bound to be drama. There's yes. bound like all the things. So I feel like you're so right. There isn't really a show that provides value and insight to healthy dating. I love it. I would watch it. Oh, thank you. Of Thanks. course. It's, it's the healthier stuff, which might be considered boring to some. But, you know, you just put a balance you know, have some drama. And then how do you fix the drama? (laughs) Exactly. I love it. And I feel like there needs to be like people who are going to watch that want to better themselves. And those are the people that you want to watch it also. So it's a win-win quality. Yes. Okay. So we're going to dive in to talking all about your book, show up finding love for independent women. I want to ask you what inspired you to write this book? What is your kind of your story with dating um, and your healthy marriage you have now? Sure. So I had a really hard time with dating for a really long time where I thought, is there something wrong with me? That was the underlying feeling. Is there something wrong with me? Because everything else was fine. Career. I'm very confident in my career. I know Mm -hmm. how to make money. I come from a good family. I have good friends. I have great like hobbies that I'm good at. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's wrong with me? Why is this aspect of my life so difficult? And Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to talk about it as well. And I think being an independent woman, if you're high performing, high functioning, generally pretty successful, sometimes it is hard to talk about it because you mm-hmm. feel, you, you can feel shame or the, is there something wrong with me? You know mm-hmm. what, like everyone else, it seems like it's easier for them. Why am I getting crazy anxiety with it? Why do I feel like a failure that I mm-hmm. can't get any relationship to work? Uh, why does everyone choose not choose me back? Mm-hmm. It, w- it was a struggle. And a lot of people, I feel like there's a lot of resources out there, how to's, but very few people talk about 
how crappy it can feel when you're going through it, Mm -hmm. like the amount of pain that it can cause. And that's the part that was hard for me to talk about unless someone asked me like a safe space, like a a good, actually maybe not even a good friend. It's almost like the second tier friend where you feel safer talking Uh to them. Like what's going on here? (laughs) And they they would be really intuitive. Like there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. And then I would open up, but it was really hard for me to talk about. So having gone through that for many years and diving into personal growth and figuring it out for myself. Like, how do I might make dating fun? How do I work on my Mm self-worth? So I show up and, you know, like this should not be a painful anxiety provoking experience. This should be fun. Mm -hmm. So that was my goal. I'm like, I want to feel good in this area of my life. And so after doing all the work eventually and all the healing and stuff, I learned how to date and have fun. And Shortly after that, after I gained all that clarity, I met my <laughs> husband. And so I kind of had this roadmap where I knew, I'm like, there's other women who are going through this. I've had conversations with other women. And I wish I would have had someone to just kind of like give me something. Mm-hmm. Like, this is me. This Someone understands what I'm going through. That's just what I really wanted. So I blogged a lot for 10 years, along with doing photography. I used to do wedding photography for 15 mm-hmm. years. And I would kind of blog about and write a lot about my dating life and my personal growth life goals. And so when the pandemic hit, basically the events events disappeared. Literally. <laughs> I like to be productive. So with photography, which I had already decided I kind of wanted to pivot from years ago, but it is, it's, it's tough to leave something where you've spent so much time building your career and you make good money. That's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the <laughs> pandemic kind of pushed me to, to have time. And one of my coping mechanisms is I love to be productive. So with nothing to do, I said, you know what? I've always had this goal of writing a book. I knew what the topic would be on just because I'm like, I know this person. I know who I'm talking to. This is going to be useful for the right person. Mm -hmm. So that is what inspired me to write the book. It's crazy, isn't it wild how once you enter into a healthy relationship, you feel like you have like a a gold mine of like the answer to like, you're like, I could help everyone. Like, it's so easy. Like, it seems so easy. And I feel like I have such a similar experience where I dated the wrong way for so long and then worked on myself, did all the self-healing and all of that, and then got into a healthy relationship, now a healthy marriage. And very similarly, and now I have a passion for like helping and leading women towards the same thing because it is attainable. People think it's so unattainable. Like I'll post something on Instagram and I'll get comments or DMs like, where are all the good men at? How do you, how did you find, how did you find them? There's no one out there. And I think that speaks volumes to not only is there like a lack of hope in the dating world, but also a lack of like, and we talked about on your episode or the one we just recorded of self-awareness. And I think that's a huge thing. And you had said like you did all this self-healing and you did all this work. And then shortly after you met your husband. So can you speak on that? Like what, what are some practical things that you did that led you down the road to healthy dating? Sure. So self-awareness. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) patterns, if there is a pattern in your life, if the same thing keeps happening, the only constant variable is you. Mm -hmm. So taking that self-responsibility, which sometimes is hard to do, like, what am I doing? How am I showing up to cause this? It's not all men in LA are da, 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 da. It's what are you doing to choose them Mm -hmm. (laughs) or attract them? It's you. And that this is not to beat yourself up. This is just acknowledging like, okay. And then 
with the self-awareness, one must develop self-love as well. Because some people can start beating themselves up over like, oh, I'm so stupid. I messed Mm -hmm. that up. I scared that guy away. But just go into it with curiosity. Like, what? Like, what did I learn here? Like, oh, okay. Next time I can do da-da-da-da-da. And learning to be gentle with yourself. I, for a long time, was not gentle with myself because my parents were not gentle with me. They were more in survival mode because they're refugees, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's always about work. You suck it up and you just do it to move forward. And what I needed as a kid was emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, that which my husband, (laughs) so lovely, he gives to me now. That's what I was looking for. (laughs) And I had to learn how to give that to myself because if I Mm -hmm. didn't learn, if I didn't know how to give that to myself, I basically set the bar for how I wanted someone to treat me. Mm-hmm. And I learned over the years to treat myself so well that actually no one can treat me better, not even my husband, because he can't be in my head all That's the time so either. Good. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I'm gonna take myself traveling to Micronesia. I wanna mm-hmm. go to Micronesia. I know how to make myself happy. And so it's, when you know that, you set the bar and then you won't expect anything less than that. But it is a process, it, it, it took years. Totally. And that's so, so good. And I think the harsh reality is you can only love someone at the level that you love yourself. And so you're, if you don't love you, you're not going to be able to extend a a different type of love to someone else. And have, did you experience any like pushback in, you know, your husband is emotional, like you said, and he extends that to you. Did you have any pushback and like, it was hard to receive at any point? Oh, for sure. Because to some degree, it doesn't feel familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So it feels kind of weird. And it could feel also, for me, it was a little scary in that he was very intentional with how he asked me out. It's what I asked for. I put it out (laughs) into Mm -hmm. the universe. I'm like, I want a guy who's just clear on what he wants. I want someone who wants a long-term relationship, who's ready for marriage, who has done the healing work. I put all that out. And then he showed up and he was so forward that it actually scared me a little. He mm. said, so I would love to take you out to dinner on a date. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, like, that's what I wanted. But mm-hmm. I wasn't used to that. I'm like, <gasps> I said yes, but the feelings did come up mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, this guy actually wants a relationship. He's right in front of me. You know, so I, I did notice the, the fear come up. People will say like, oh, if a guy is so forward, that's a red flag. Like too much too soon is like a red flag. What would you say is the biggest difference from someone who's like, I want to take you on a date and is just so forward and intentional versus someone who's like, okay, that's a red flag. Right? What do they call it? A love Love bomb. That's a recent uh, term for me. (laughs) It's a trendy term. Yeah, I think it. Uh, If you don't know the person at all, there's no mutual friends or anything. Mm -hmm. It does take time to really get to know somebody. So the distinction is whether it comes from a clear, healthy place. Mm -hmm. Have they healed? And some people are really charming and they're really good at covering that stuff up. And you won't know until months, Mm -hmm. years down the road, maybe, if they're really good at it. Everyone's different, but I, I feel like after a while, intuitively, those flags start to come up where you're like, that doesn't seem that authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think if you weren't as into him as he was into you, it would feel more weird. Like in my experience, like my husband was very forward and asking me on a date and asking me to be his girlfriend. If I didn't feel the same way, I probably would have found it weird. Like, whoa, this is too much too soon. So I feel like if someone, if you're reciprocating the feelings, then it's probably safe that you can move forward and then just like, tread carefully with, you know, everything else. Like you're saying, some people are just true sociopaths 
and can get away with being charming and et cetera for months, if not years. But I think if the feeling is mutual, it's easier to be like, oh, it doesn't seem like a red flag because I actually like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think look, looking for the healing, because when people mm. are reactive or, you know, they really need something, you can tell by the way they react to it versus, you know, someone, if they're just really into you and they ask you out and just say it's a no, you know, they're not going to blow up or there is a healthy balance to it there. You won't sense like a desperation in their pursuing of you. So as a successful, independent woman, I know for me, at least, I spent so much time building my business and working, like working was a priority for me. And so I often thought, okay, well, are my relationships not successful because I'm not working at them as hard as I'm working at my business because my business is successful. So what would you say to someone who is maybe having that similar thought? Like, what could they do to be putting more effort into building a relationship versus is there a balance? Like, can you be successful in both? Yeah, I think the first is to just be honest. Do you want to be in a relationship? Because mm -hmm. maybe sometimes you don't. Like, life can be really fulfilling without one. And maybe you don't want to have to even think about that part of mm -hmm. your life. I do think if you're with the right partner, it doesn't feel draining or distracting. Uh, for example, for my husband, like, we're both very independent. And that works for us. He also needs someone really independent because he we met each other later on in life. He was already in his 40s. And so you kind of already have your your rhythm down already. Mm -hmm. So he needed someone who didn't take it personally that he has his own thing going on. He's a workaholic, which I asked for. I'm like, I want someone hardworking. <laughs> Same. <laughs> no, I don't want a lazy person. Okay? Yeah. And he has uh, like soccer with his guy friends twice a week. He's like married to it. Like that's his thing. And mm -hmm. I think if he had someone who was more wanting someone to be around more, it wouldn't work well for him. Same with me. I travel a lot for work. I am a very independent person and I, I'm introverted. I need my space sometimes. And he mm -hmm. gives it to me without taking it personal. Because I did, I have dated some guys where they, I could tell they weren't comfortable with me taking off traveling all the time. Mm -hmm. And people need different things. So I think finding, the, you can have both. You can have both, but I think you just really also have to want it. Mm -hmm. I think that's key. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we try to tell ourselves we want to be in a relationship, but if you're not putting in the work, then it's kind of clear that your actions are showing you kind of don't want to be in a relationship. Which is okay. Totally. <laughs> just, yeah, acknowledge the truth and that's okay. Yeah. So you said earlier that you just wanted dating to be fun. And you mentioned in your book, one of the chapters is show up to dates like you would show up with your friends. Be the real you. Can you talk on that? Sure. So I think that's when you know you're in alignment. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, you think about how you show up with your good friends, like you're really comfortable, you're relaxed, you're not anxious, you're not trying to impress them. That's a good feeling to have. Mm -hmm. So if you can show up on dates like that, it's like paying attention to your nervous system, too, and being you. Like, the thing is, I wanted someone to love me for me, not a performative, like a performative version of me. And if I wanted that, I had to show up as the real me. Mm -hmm. What I had to work on was knowing that someone would love me for the real me, because I wasn't sure if they would. I didn't. That's one thing I had to work on. Like, I'm lovable as I am. Mm -hmm. I was brought up to be a, 
an overachiever. Just my parents, they value that. They value good grades. And my mom was the tennis champ of Cambodia. They're like wow. very successful. I love your parents, by the way. <laughs> it, after this, she's going to share her Instagram. Her parents are the most entertaining human beings ever. Like your parent content is a next level. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I always felt like I had to to be a certain way to be lovable. Mm -hmm. So just training myself that I don't have to do anything. And actually, that's when I felt the best was when I could feel like I could be myself. Uh, all my f girlfriends, like their husbands, like I got along with them great. They're like, mm -hmm. you know, they love you, you know. As, so it was clear to me, as long as I could be this version of me when I go on dates and not this like anxious, you know, smaller version of me, mm -hmm. I would be good. So listen to that. Listen to how you feel more so than getting caught up in like, you know, the details of the other person. Is he yeah. this? Is he that? Da, da, da. The first sign to look for is how you feel. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I could be myself around this person? Do I feel like I could be self-expressed? That's a good sign. That's really good, especially in like today's society with like Instagram and Insta fame. It's like, oh, well this person has this many followers, like it would be look really cool. Like if we dated, I feel like that's a thing that goes through people's head, oh, for sure. but it's like, do you actually like this person and what they stand for and what they're doing? Or do you want to just be a part of that? You know? And I think listening to your gut and listening to your intuition is so important. And like you said, like, are you showing up and being yourself or is it forced? Do you feel like you have to be someone else, which, you know, in the long run is just going to not be good for you at no, all. No. Can you imagine doing that forever? Like, it's so painful to feel oh like gosh. you can't be you. I did that for three and a half years with my ex where I pretended he's such an outdoorsman, hunting, camping, all these things, which I despise. Like, <laughs> no part of me likes to camp or be outdoors. Me too. I hate hiking. <laughs> Who wants to do that? Can't breathe. People are trying to talk to you while you're hiking. I'm like, I'm trying to catch my breath. It's I can't. Dusty. Dusty. <laughs> I pretended to like all these things yeah. because he loved them. And like I, you know, shared on on the podcast we just recorded that it at the end of the day when the relationship went south, I actually we both realized like we have nothing in common. I don't like anything you like and I pretended to for so long and now it's kind of hitting me in the face. Which is just so real, you know. Absolutely. It's it's a good learning lesson though. Totally. So I love in your book that you have action steps at the end of like some chapters. I think that's so amazing for the readers. What is an action step you would say to someone who feels like they keep entering into relationships that don't work out? They just feel like, oh, I date all the time, but nothing ever works out. Okay. I think it's the awareness of what the pattern is. Mm -hmm. Like what's going on? Like why, why is this not working out? Yeah. And then it goes into the healing and people have different ways of healing. I put it in the book, some of the things I did, but I'm not a person that's like, you have to do this. You mm -hmm. have to read this book. You have to go to therapy because different things work for different people. Totally. So you have to find what works for you. But the healing is what is going to change how you show up because you might start to notice different things like, oh, I should do this next time. Mm -hmm. But if you're not healed, it's going to be really hard for you to do that thing mm -hmm. and be in alignment with your action. So the healing is important. So diving into into that and for me I think therapy was was very healing for me um, patching some things up with my parents was really huge for me a lot of our um, healing comes from childhood stuff so totally. you got to take it back <laughs> way back <laughs> to, to when you were five years old or something like that 
Like what happened? Have you heard of the book, How to Do the Work? That book is when I realized I need therapy because I got that book because her whole Instagram is about healing from childhood wounds and childhood trauma and how that just kind of ties into who we are today. So I started reading this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need therapy. And the book was just so healing because it is all kind of about self-awareness, which is kind of everything you're kind of talking about. And then within the book, it all starts with like a self-awareness and a healing within. So for the healing, like what therapy is one of them, but what is another action step someone can take to begin their self-awareness journey? Like maybe they're just in a place where they're like, nothing's wrong with me. Like, where do yes. they start? Yeah, I I was there once. I'm like, everything's fine. Nothing's <laughs> wrong. For me, I had to get in touch with my emotions and mm-hmm. um if you have the luxury of having a good friend or a life coach that can ask you the right questions. Mm-hmm. For example, for, for me, one thing that came up, I didn't think I had anything with my dad because we got along so well. Like mom was the obvious one. I have mother wound stuff. That was really obvious. With my dad, like I'm a daddy's girl. I, like I love him. My parents divorced when I was 12 and they let us choose who we wanted to live with. And I chose dad because mm. he understood me, he gave me freedom, and I just, I liked the way that he loved me. Mm-hmm. Just unspoken thing. And I didn't realize that he had done some things that were out of integrity. That's why my parents split. Mm. And I never acknowledged the pain from that. It was always matter of fact, like, oh, your parents together? I'm like, no, they're divorced. Like, mm-hmm. oh, when they divorced, 12. I, I said it hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it bothered me. And I realized that It made me really sad. Like he never acknowledged or took responsibility for what he did. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted him to know the impact that it had on me. Mm -hmm. I didn't need him to do anything. I just wanted him to know. And so I wrote him a letter and I said, you know, dad, that doesn't change how I feel about you. But I realized that, you know, what you did, you just, you didn't think about not only mom, but you didn't think about Crystal or me. Crystal's my sister. Mm -hmm. You didn't think about your family. And you never, you never acknowledged anything. You never said sorry. And it mm-hmm. makes me really sad. And I just want you to know that it doesn't, I, and I was being 100% honest, it doesn't change how I feel about you. I just want you to know. And I sent it. And I think being that self-expressed in that way was very healing for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't need him to do anything. And I was just like, okay. And that was a, that was a huge step for me because I had a hard time just being self-expressed in general, even when I was dating, like telling mm-hmm. someone I liked them, I could, it was really hard for me to do that. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I saw my dad, they live in the Bay Area. I was, I was just like, hey, dad, you know, just like how I normally was. And when mm-hmm. you're on like a personal growth high, like you're fine, right? You don't, you really don't need yeah, anything back, right? <laughs> like I'm self-expressed. Yes. And he, which I didn't expect, he, like he looked defeated. Like his head was like a little down and then, He just walked up to me and he said, I don't know why I'm so emotional right now. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. I could get emotional hearing that. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And then he hugged me for a little longer than he normally hugs me. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, this had a really big impact on him. Mm -hmm. And so I realized from that point on, that's all I can really do is tell people my truth. And you're never in control of how someone else is going to respond to it. But I realize how important it is for me to be expressed and tell people the impact that they have on me. That's incredible. And it's, it's wild how simple something as just writing down how you feel can be, even if you never sent it, 
writing it down just for you getting that, that all out. I know for me, and we talked about this, like I kind of bottle everything up too. And sometimes I'm not even writing it down. So I feel like even for me, and it's something my therapist recommended with, you know, a, kind of a big fight with a friend. And they were like, well, why don't you just write them a letter and get it all out? You don't even have to send it. But if you write it, it could be a form of healing in itself. But if you're going to send it, don't send it if you're expecting a certain type of response. And I feel like that's when you know you're in the self-healing journey and process. When you could send that to your dad and not expecting a certain response and still feeling free and healed from it. And I think that's so incredible and such a good action step, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Like you said, acknowledging you can, if you pretend that everything's fine, it's still going to be in there somewhere (laughs) you need to say, and it's hard sometimes for women who are similar to us, like to be vulnerable, being like, you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. It's really, it can be really hard to say. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, I still work on it, you know, sometimes with like, when I have stuff with friends and stuff like that, like I'm not the most graceful at patching things up all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's a constant work in progress. It always is. And I feel like it should be. I feel like as long as you're like making steps, taking action steps towards change, you're on the right path. You can't expect things to be perfect overnight. Like, especially, you know, for me at least, and I'm sure for you too, but like 20 plus some years of patterns and habits is going to take probably a decade or so to like have real transformation. And, um, I know my goal for me is just to not pass that on to my children. And so I would love to, it's very motivational for me. Like the thought of having kids really, you know, entices me to speed up my healing process. Oh, good for you. It's so nice that you have the consciousness around that because I feel I mean, especially with the older generation. I mean, we're lucky that like therapy is just, it's it's more normalized mm-hmm. for us today. There's no shame around it. We have social media and all these resources that, you know, allow us to better ourselves mm-hmm. where it's it could be foreign to some other people and they don't even think about their healing and just have kids and a lot gets transferred. Yeah, the generational curses just kind of continue. Yes. Which is so sad. Yeah. (laughs) What would you say to someone? I just like randomly thought of this, but who, because, you know, I've heard girls send me messages where they're like, we need therapy. My husband or my boyfriend refuses to get it. He says he doesn't need it. What would you say to that, to that woman or that girl who is in a situation where their partner is refusing? I feel help. Yeah. I, I, therapy and personal growth, if that person doesn't want to do it, I feel you can't red flag, right? Yeah. Like it's no, it's, it's not workable. Honestly, maybe you'll drag them or they'll go and they'll be like, okay, but they're like checked out. They're not actually doing the Mm -hmm. work. So I've learned through, (laughs) through my years of doing personal growth, unless someone asks me and wants to work on themselves, I will never ever say anything. Because I, 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 I did at one point. Because you know when you start the personal growth, I did this thing of like landmark education where I had it improved my communication mm-hmm. and all this. And I felt so good that I wanted to share that with other people. But I, I realized like through the years, I'm like, you know what? Unless someone asks, they're, they're not ready for it. Or if it comes up in conversation, you could tell they are curious. You know, mm-hmm. like what you do? I'll say something, but I will never waste my time again trying to... Uh, help or fix someone that where it's not workable and maybe it's temporary they might change their mind later on but in that moment especially if you're in a partnership and the other person doesn't want to they're not willing to that's a Mm -hmm. really good question to ask yourself are they willing to 
da da da. That's a yes or no question. Yeah. And if the answer is no, then you could decide what you want to do with that. Are you okay if you're with your dynamic if they're not willing to go therapy? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. That's so good. And it's kind of like a similar situation to people who are in very toxic, unhealthy relationships and everyone around them can see it, but they can't for some reason. And you can tell them all day long, every day that they need to get out of it ASAP. But until they hit that like rock bottom moment, they're not going to listen to anyone. It has to be from them for them or they're not going to see it. Yeah. And everyone's on their own journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, for yourself, like, you know, when you're done with something. And as a friend looking from the outside, it is extremely frustrating because you can see clearly like just dump him or just, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so easy to say. But you know what? They're on their own journey. And I, what comes to mind is I remember when my girlfriends decided to date this guy that was, I'm like, why would you pick this guy? <laughs> Notoriously cheated on, like, there was some like mutual friend links there. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. he's cheated on like every single woman he's been with. And I just thought it was like the stupidest decision, but I just was just like, well, maybe supportive. Mm-hmm. I just asked, I was just like, I'm like, you do know, da, da, da. I'm like, do you want me to tell you specifically things that he did? You know, I just mm-hmm. asked and she's like, no, she didn't, which I thought was, I'm like, why would you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I was just like, okay, she doesn't want to, I'm like, okay, well, if you ever want to know, I'm here and mm-hmm. you can come ask me. I mean, long story short, within a few months, it, he was starting to do things she didn't like. And I'm, I'm like, I told you. Like in my head, I'm like, yeah. I told you, I told you. But I'm like, you know what? She's on her own journey. Mm-hmm. It's not my life. It's her life. So yeah. I'm going to let her do her. And I truly believe when stuff like that happens, they were meant to learn that lesson and they're Sometimes better need it. and they're better for it in the long run. Yeah. Cause I had done my fair share, like dating guys like that, you know, oh, so 100% same. Yeah. <laughs> We've all done it. Yes. Um, so in the back of the book, you talk about, there are questions that women who are thriving in life, but struggling in love tend to ask and it's that they feel intimidated by or men are men feel intimidated by them Mm -hmm. and I've experienced that have you experienced that and what would you say to someone who is experiencing that that any men they go on dates with feels intimidated by them yeah I've experienced that and I think for me intimidated what's that quote like I'm not intimidating you're intimidated yeah I really (laughs) I I honestly believe that as long as you're being authentically you Mm -hmm. and you're happy with you I feel like that's not my problem if you don't feel Mm -hmm. good about that Mm -hmm. and the thing is some men are intimidated by women you know who are maybe doing better than them in certain Mm -hmm. aspects of life but there's also a lot of men who love go-getter women like my Mm -hmm. husband and all his friends like all his friends, the husband and wives, like we all have the same dynamic. The women are the go-getter, like mm-hmm. ones off traveling and and the guys are the more grounded ones. They tend to have more, um, the careers are like, like my husband's CFO, he's a numbers guy. There's mm-hmm. a teacher and they just tend to be the the rock. Mm-hmm. And and then, and that's, that's kind of our friend dynamic. So there's tons of guys out there mm-hmm. that are not intimidated by women. And I think if... If you value work ethic, the person you date should also value it. I think so. Or and I and I think that intimidation kind of comes from insecurity as well. Like men who are intimidated by their wife or partner who makes more money than than them, it's like that's a cool thing. Like you shouldn't be in that there's an insecurity that you're not doing enough. Yeah, and to me I feel like it's kind of a turnoff for mm-hmm. me. I'm like that you're not confident. 
Yeah. <laughs> and there's no reason for you to, it shouldn't matter if you're in a genuine partnership. It's mm-hmm. a team thing. It doesn't matter. Like you're not competing with the other person. Mm-hmm. You're on the same team. Right. And it's, you know, it's maybe they're conditioning how they're brought up, but mm-hmm. okay, well then that's your job to break down those stories though. Or you just choose someone that makes you comfortable then. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There's nothing hotter than a man with confidence. Seriously. Like that I think is probably one of the hottest traits that a man can have. Like that's probably the hottest trait that my husband carries. It's his confidence. Sometimes to a point where I'm like, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dial it back. Dial it back. But I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, honestly, it. I'm sure most women have met, you know, a man who he might not be like the most attractive, mm-hmm. maybe shorter or something. But when they're confident, it's super sexy. You forget about you forget about the shortness. Yeah. Okay, I want you to talk about the chapter where you share the lesson from your dog. I'm oh a dog God. lover. I know you are too. And so I really this this really pulled on my heartstrings. Yeah, this <laughs> is my my old dog Sammy and it's about training people how to treat you. Mm. And so my dog she was she was super smart, Jag Russell, like whip smart. And I would, but I trained her to be pretty independent because I didn't want a needy dog. Okay. So so she would go, she, I would make her climb like my loft stairs. I had these like spiral metal loft stairs, you Mm -hmm. know, with a gap. And a lot of dogs were scared to like go up it, but I would train her. I'm like, you need to learn how to come up here, you know? And, and she eventually learned it. Um, However, she had surgery or something and she was like wearing a cone and, you know, she couldn't get up the stairs, you know, and she would whimper. I'm like, fair enough, she's wearing a cone. You know, let me let me start carrying her up. And after I started carrying her up, even after the cone was removed, she would still do it. And then I would feel bad and I'd go down and carry her up. And I'm like. She's smart. She's she's training me how to treat mm-hmm. her. And so we need to do that as well, because what you tolerate, how you show up, trains the other person mm-hmm. how to treat you. So if you're willing to put up with crappy behavior, they're going to keep doing it. Absolutely. There needs to be consequences to, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't like something, the consequence, if you have it's boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to draw lines with boundaries if something doesn't work for you it's or if it's out of your value system, a consequence is like, that doesn't work for me and you need to leave. Mm-hmm. I think it could be something even as little as like, for example, I shared this before, but I come from an Italian family. We raise our voice when we speak and it, it's not yelling. It's just speaking louder. Like that's how I look at it. But my husband does not accept that. And he'll say, we do not talk to each other like that. Do not raise your voice with me. And I've, I've never, we've never yelled at each other. It's just not a thing we tolerate in our home. And, but with that said, if he let me yell, I would yell. If he accepted it, I would do it. But he, from the get go is very clear. Like we don't raise our voice. That's not how we talk to each other. And so now I don't do it. Oh, that's really good. But I think it's a great example of like you allow someone to treat you how they train you or how whatever the I'm going brain dead, whatever you said, you can if he allowed me to, I would do it. And it's it's crazy. Oh, I love that. I love that. He's like that. Yeah, I really feel like 
you know, the yelling or name calling, mm-hmm. you know, I heard a lot of that growing up and it's just like, especially name calling. I'm like, this is nasty, like, and completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Everyone's human. So, okay, maybe you make some mistakes, but when it's, that's just your autopilot, I just find it, it's, it's disrespectful, mm-hmm. you know, and I think mutual respect is something that's really important for a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I think it's, it's easy to name call in the heat of a moment. Yeah. But if you have those clear expectations, like in our premarital counseling, we, our counselors are like, what are expectations that you have within marriage? Put these on paper. And so we've never, I've never said a name to him. He's never called me a name. We've never cursed at each other. And these are things that we set into play before we were married. So now in marriage, when there, there's been in an arguments, there's been times where in my head, I'm like, oh, like of the course. things I want to <laughs> say, but they don't, they don't exit my lips because of what we said in our vows and in our expectations to each other. But it does tie back into like, if we hadn't set those clear boundaries, we would cross them all the time. So I think spoken boundaries, obviously, and in, in spoken expectations are so important for a healthy, healthy relationship. Oh, for sure. Like, ta- that's nice that you had counseling beforehand because mm-hmm. it gives you kind of like some structure of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Some people, they don't talk about it and you get surprised like after you're married or after you have kids, like what? And mm-hmm. the expectations are off. So it's really important to talk about what your expectations are. What does it look like to you? You know, boundaries, all mm-hmm. that. It's really good communication. Communication is key. Yeah. What would you say to someone who feels like there's no good men? I don't like when people say that. I know. Because I, I get feeling really frustrated and like hopeless. But if there's no good ones out there, like what does that make you? <laughs> like there's good ones out there. And also you get what you're looking for. So mm-hmm. if you're if you just keep telling yourself that becomes your truth. Mm-hmm. There's no good men here in L.A. or wherever you are. That's what you're going to see. And that's what you're going to look for. Like, oh, of course, I knew it. See, there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at being optimistic. Totally. Right. And that feels good, too. And also that's with the dating apps and stuff. I usually recommend people like if you don't feel good in the moment, like don't swipe because you're just it's going to confirm everything yeah. that you're feeling. <laughs> but if you're feeling good and refreshed, you start to see it differently. Like, OK, mm-hmm. I'm willing to talk to this guy. Let's just see if we match up. Mm-hmm. Different mindset. Yeah, I think in my experience, like I was going out to the club or to the bar expecting to meet Prince Charming. It's like, that's not the place, (laughs) you know, where you're going to meet someone who's after your heart. You know, you're wearing nothing and (laughs) you've had way too many drinks. And so has this other person like chances are he's only there for one thing. Yeah, you could be. I mean, you could get lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have met people who have uh, couples who have met at a bar. Um, but I think if you just want to be a little more practical and intentional about it, mm-hmm. you know, go to places where people share the same interests and values. So like for you, like, you know, church would be a, a, a pretty mm-hmm. good place to meet yeah. someone, you know, they, you know, have the same values and beliefs mm-hmm. as you in that area. Um, for me, like my, one of my girlfriends and I, when we were single, we would go to happy hour in some neighborhoods that we would like, like Culver City or, you know, Beverly Hills, like places where we liked to go. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like $1 beer night just because that wasn't our vibe. If you like yeah. that, that's cool. I'm, I'm like not knocking it, <laughs> but we're like, we ha- kind of have more refined taste and we like totally. these nice cocktails. And typically during happy hour, like most these people have jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even if you don't meet a guy you date, you just meet people, I think socioeconomically and just who are 
you know, like a, a little more similar to you. So mm-hmm. we would do something like that. So that's a practical thing you can do. Um, and honestly, just doing the things you like to do. If you like going to yoga or like playing beach volleyball, the least you'll get is meeting like-minded people, which is, I think, really fulfilling in mm-hmm. of itself. And if it's not your guy, maybe you'll meet someone who will introduce you to your guy. Yes, that's so good. Uh, I feel like a mutual friend connect is honestly the best because they got oh, insight, sure. you know. Oh, for sure. I think there's less. You yeah, get a head start. Oh, for sure. That's mm-hmm. I think that's the drawback of like a complete stranger or just like swiping, you know. And that's always just say it is a complete stranger. I think when you meet their friends, that shows a lot about them as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you could tell a lot about a person based on their dynamic with their friends mm-hmm. and the values of their friends. But yeah, it, ideally, like mutual would be, especially if they've known Ideal. him for years, like mm-hmm. this guy is salt of the earth, you know, and if you trust them, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, that's great. What are some more action steps? Cause I love the action steps. What is like an action step for someone trying to build their confidence to begin dating so they can show up the best version of themselves? Gain clarity in who you are and what you want, because mm-hmm. the more clarity you have, the more confident you'll be. If you're still unsure, that's when you'll be like, I don't know, you know, but if you're sure of what you want mm-hmm. and who you are, like this is like, I want I want a long-term relationship. Some women have a hard time just saying that, you know, for whatever reason. Own it. Like, I would like to meet someone, and I would like it to go in the direction of long-term. I would like to get married eventually. Mm -hmm. Not necessary to, like, you or, like, that person, but just this is something one. I want kids. And just own it. And if you have that clarity, if you meet someone who just say, like, he's like, oh, I I never want to get married. I don't have kids. And just say, you do, you have that clarity, that's an automatic no. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. You can't change people, okay? People can change. They want to have to do it, but you cannot change someone. So the best thing you can do is to just accept someone where they're at. So if they say no, that is a no. It doesn't matter how attractive they are, how much chemistry you have. If you're trying to build a long-term relationship and that doesn't match, that's a no. So get clear. And so in my book, I have a lot of questions that help you get clear of mm what you want and also what you need. Sometimes that doesn't match. Mm-hmm. So getting really clear on that. And and then also the parts of you, you know, the self-love and, and who you are. Because with women, sometimes they think like, oh, I need to be more feminine. You know, I'm like, do you? Like, which what parts of you? I Like, I have some masculine sides of me that I actually really like. Mm-hmm. It's helped me build my business. And I like it, you know, so I'm going to embrace that. I'm not going to pretend to... Or I, I don't want to become more feminine in that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to embrace that. And then I'll attract the partner that is a right fit for that. However, if if you're if you have like masculine sides that you don't like and you want to work on it, then you can work on it and adjust. Mm-hmm. So I think having the clarity will give you the confidence. I love it. <laughs> so, so good. Tell everyone where they can get your book. It's available on Amazon uh, for Kindle and paperback. It's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women. And can I also say, I have a podcast as well. Yes, where can they follow uh, along? Okay, (laughs) Uh, Show Up with Christine Chang. It's on YouTube. It's also on Apple and Spotify. Amazing. And for everyone listening, I'm going to link in the um, Spotify description um, and all the streaming platforms, the link to her book and her podcast and her Instagram so you guys can follow along and see all the epic content. 
Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Of course.